Hello and welcome to the Pixel Swim Podcast, episode 57. I am Steve Heinrich, your host, and this is the podcast where I take a dive into my personal journey through design and technology and where they meet, plus other tidbits that I find interesting. This episode is being recorded and released on Thursday, February 21st, 2019. Visit pixelswim.com for all the show notes and social links if you want to follow along or leave feedback or whatever. So there's a bunch of ways on there. Uh, like I said, there's social links, there's a feedback form, feedback form, email form. <laughs> and then there's also a comment section on each show notes page. So yeah, let's dive in to our weekly notes, uh, feedback and links. I think that'll be the the ch- biggest chunk or the, the only huge chunk of the show, a lot of notes this week. So because uh, if you if you didn't tune in last week, I did get the x1 extreme so i'm just going to go over a bunch of stuff that i've noticed with that but either way and i'm not sure exactly how long (laughs) this this episode will be uh just because i am trying to squeeze it in between a whole bunch of work so the the film festival work is in full swing so hopefully uh we'll see how long this episode is like i said trying to get it in anyway so i just want to start by saying thank you for your feedback, of course, after the last episode, some people, a couple of people left uh, feedback on the show notes page in the comments section. The first was uh, Guillermo Ortiz, who said that the Lenovo, the X1 Extreme that I got, he said it looks like an absolute beast. It makes him regret buying his XPS 13 back in 2016, and he should have gone Lenovo. And he says next time he makes a laptop purchase, it will probably be a Lenovo. On another note, could you recommend a cheap Android phone to play with, play around with, custom ROM, root, etc.? Thanks. Great episode. So yeah, thanks Guillermo for leaving feedback. And yeah, this uh, this computer, the X1 Extreme, is definitely a lot of computer. But uh, I actually did give him a suggestion for rooting and ROMing a phone if you just if you wanted one on the side. Is the any of the Older, not older, but just any of the Nexus devices, those are usually pretty highly supported as far as custom ROMing goes. And so the 5X, the Nexus 5X or the 6P or the, even the Nexus 5 or anything like that, they, there's always a big community behind those on XDA developers. And usually there's official lineage OS builds for those. And usually lineage, lineage is kind of the the standard <laughs> as far as I'm concerned for custom ROMs and, and it just kind of goes from there. I feel like everything get kind of kind of forks off of that, you know, even the, obviously lineage forks off of Android. So, yeah, so if he, if he there's actually a download page for lineage that I'll check every once in a while just to see what devices are on it, uh, because anything on that download lineage OS page is official and so there will be some way to unlock the blue the bootloader and install lineage on there so yeah nexus 5x i've actually i looked at the nexus 5x the one thing about that is it i guess it did have a boot loop issue (laughs) the poor lg uh, around the time i think the did the g4 come out near or before the the Nexus 5, I believe, but either way, they're back in their boot looping days, uh, which I think are past them now. But either way, I think that's the one thing about that 5X that you have to be careful with. But it, you know, it's not every device. So and it should be pretty supported as far as ROMs go. Uh, usually, like I said, the Nexus and the, the Google devices are usually 
pretty kind of way up there because they they're almost were made for developers at one point i feel like so yeah thanks guillermo for reaching out with that feedback also thanks to frank needhart who left a comment on the page congratulating me on my my laptop purchase he says that he has always kind of gone the the cheap route as well with his laptops in the past and he, he says i only had I had only had one new notebook and it was the Jumper EasyBook 3 Pro. I'm not sure what that is. I'll have to look that one up. But either way, all he says all others have been used ones with lots of ThinkPads among them. And he, when he said he's referencing the ThinkPads, that's back when they were the IBM ThinkPads. And yeah, so that ThinkPad name is under Lenovo now, but used to be under IBM. And uh, Frank, I actually also recommended another wireless mouse. It's the Logitech Anywhere MX2, or he says whatever they call it now. It's He says it's the best mouse he ever had, and it works via Bluetooth or USB dongle, which is really, really great. Yeah, that's a good suggestion. I looked at that a little bit. I already, already ordered <laughs> the uh, Lenovo wireless mouse uh, at that point, but uh, keep it on the radar if that one doesn't work out. So thanks, Frank, for leaving feedback on the show notes page and then actually on MeWe, the on episode 55 not the last one but the previous one before that uh robin ottawa which is his username on MeWe, left a comment on that episode and it, he says ah yes launchers i've used nova for many years but am now on microsoft i can't find anything wrong with it and i love the weather and time adapt and time adapted home screen and he's on a Huawei P20 Pro uh, as his device. So yeah, I you know I kind of want to <laughs> go back and try. I, I keep the the Microsoft Launcher installed on my LG G6 uh, just so it keeps getting updates. If I ever want to just go back and test it out real quick without having to download and install it every time, so I just leave it on there and just you know have it not enabled as the the home launcher. So. That's uh, yeah, I, I can see it's a it's it is a really nicely designed launcher. I think there was just something about the the animations and the user interface movements and stuff like that that I just couldn't quite get on with. And I, I'll just, you know, obviously, like I said, I'm going to keep going back and trying out that Microsoft launcher because I think it's, you know, if you're in Microsoft's ecosystem as far as email and calendar and all that stuff like I recently switched over then it's you know it's a it's a good launcher to go with because it connects into everything so yeah thanks Robin for leaving feedback on MeWe thanks to Kyle Helms who reached out on Twitter and just uh, talking a little bit about that <laughs> a Lenovo X1 Extreme laptop yeah it's a big topic of conversation I think after I read the specs it was pretty uh obvious that it was a very high-end high-end laptop so it was very uh i think i got a good response from that because i think there you know a lot of people can appreciate the the power of the of that laptop so either way thanks kyle for reaching out talking about the the specs on that and he says it's all it was also a good choice to bump up the specs the get the best you can and you'll be happy for longer i'm sure faster ram and drives will come out but i don't really know if anything is coming soon because it seems things are slowing down cpus are getting interesting again because amd is finally getting back into their stride i hope they can do with their gpus what they have been able to do with their cpus so yeah that's good <laughs> good solid uh, information and and thoughts there from Kyle about uh, about the specs on these PCs and you know because I've mentioned that I'm trying to to keep it for 
at least four years uh, if I can. And it does have some upgradability to it. So I think I'll be happy for a while with it. And uh, like I said, I'll go over a little bit more about my first impressions and stuff like that in a little bit here. And thanks to Mike Latori, who reached out via email. And uh, when I was talking about the specs a second ago, he he mentioned that he was <laughs> if you've seen a uh, home improvement over here in the US, he just kind of made mention of the fact that, you know, this thing ever after reading each individual spec, it was kind of like Tim Allen on that show. Uh, you know, the more power and grunting and all that stuff. <laughs> so yeah, thanks, Mike, for reaching out. Uh, like I said, via email, and it's always appreciated. So just thanks, everybody for all of your feedback all the time. Sorry if I missed anybody. Like I said, I'm trying to put together everybody's feedback here. And it, you know, comes from all angles. So I don't ever want to forget. So, uh, you know, if I miss something, I usually come back and say it anyway. But yeah, so thanks again for all that. Okay, so it's time for my LJG6 weekly report. So <laughs> not a ton to report this week, but I will say that I have been trying out KeyPass apps on there, which there are not a ton. I think KeyPass to Android is probably the most popular on there and offers a lot of good features on there as far as, uh, you know, using the fingerprint sensor to log into the database and stuff like that. So I've just been trying out different apps for that. So the G6 has just been, you know, a workhorse this week playing a lot of podcasts and pumping out a lot of music to Bluetooth and, and stuff like that. So not a whole lot to report on the G6, but there it is. You know, that was my my experience for this week. It kind of didn't get in the way like other devices uh, that I've had in the past. So that's a it's always a good thing. But either way, that's been the LJ G6 weekly report. All right, so I just wanted to report back also real quick, which I just kind of mentioned was the my update on the on password managers. And so, yeah, I'm kind of, you know, I've decided to move away from NPass. So I'm still using it currently uh, as my main my main password manager, but I'm starting to move everything into a key pass database just slowly but surely. I haven't had time to kind of sit down and and bring everything over in chunk in big chunks and uh, or anything like that, but just kind of finding the tools that I want. I think that that's kind of where I'm at in the process. So that, like I said, I was looking for KeyPass app on Android, and there's actually a really good extension for Firefox called KeyPass Tusk, and it basically kind of look, you know, it's a, an extension for loading your KeyPass pad passwords and having them populate into sign-on forms on you know in Firefox so and that's been working out pretty well so I've just been looking at extensions for Firefox and stuff like that to get myself up and running on KeePass because I think that that's ultimately what I'm going to do I'm, I've had a lot of people <laughs> feedback about LastPass and it's I just I not I, I don't know it's a it, there's a lot of good features and a lot of good things about LastPass, but I just, to me, the way that I want to manage everything is through that sort of personal database that I can store where I want. And yeah, that for now, that's what I'm going to go with. Again, I haven't given up on LastPass. I still have my trial, my free trial going. So there's always a chance in, you know, in the 11th hour that I could, you know, jump over there. But either way, that's my update on my password management uh, after NPass burned me. But either way, <laughs> Either way. 
So let's get into the, I'll just call this the main part of the show. It's not really notes. It's my my experience so far with the Lenovo X. Oh, man, I, I always get the words. There's too many words in the <laughs> Lenovo ThinkPad X1 Extreme. So I went over the specs last week. It's all top of the line stuff, most of it, at least as far as laptops go. Uh, so yeah, my first impressions of it when I when I got the box in and I pulled the laptop out is wow, it is a solidly built <laughs> laptop. Uh, the Lenovo IdeaPad 510 that I was using or am and I still have it is very, very plasticky. So and it was, you know, it almost felt like you could bend and, and break it. And <laughs> that's how the that 510 was. But pulling this uh, X1 Extreme out of the box, very solidly built, you know, all metal construction with matte black paint, a very sleek, very sleek looking design. So it was just I, I couldn't help but <laughs> but notice that right away. I mean, build quality top notch in my opinion uh because i you know i'd put my idea pad 510 in my backpack if i had to go to work and it you know it always felt like it was getting squished you know the the plastics would bend you know and, and just worried about it getting a lot of pressure on it in the backpack but this won't be a problem with the x1 extreme and it's also the x1 extreme is also much lighter and much smaller than that five than my 510 so that is a huge difference. The 510 just barely fits in my backpack. This uh, X1 Extreme fits very easily into the backpack with extra room to spare, which is really nice. And it's thinner, it's lighter, not a ton lighter, but it is lighter. So there's that. Yeah, I'm very happy with the form factor of it. It's one of the reasons that I you know, wanted and part of the reason that I wanted a new laptop too was because of the the overall footprint of this 510 is a little bit, you know, it's a little bit big. And that's, you know, it com com comparatively, you know, I mean, for a, a laptop today, it's big, you know, but for a couple years ago, it wasn't too bad. So yeah, I got the X1 Extreme out of the box. And naturally, I got it all set up and fired up. And some of the first things that I noticed about it, were that there the the fan on it would in and then in corresponding with that the processor was very erratic and <laughs> the fan was super loud and and you know fired up erratically and it's you know it seemed like there was like throttling or something going on where there wasn't quite you know it wasn't it was a little bit unsettling how much it was it was firing up and how loud the fan was getting and you know in the reviews of it i did hear you know some reviewers say the fan is you know it's a little bit loud and so yeah it, you know it is but the i don't know maybe it's just you get used to the patterns of your fan i think and so this was one of those things where it's like oh man i hope i don't have to get used to this because it seems a little bit strange but either way so i get the machine fired up and I figure, OK, let's uh, let's run. Let's run all the updates, you know, let's run all the software updates, the 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 driver updates and, and stuff like that. So I ran a bunch of updates from Microsoft and Lenovo because Lenovo has a nice uh, Windows 10 app that they offer, you know, hardware updates to as far as the, the firmware and the 
the drivers and all that stuff. It keeps everything up to date, which is really nice of Lenovo to do that. So either way, I ran all those updates, took a long time, you know, hours and hours still out of the box. Microsoft and Windows just cannot. (laughs) It's just not ready to go out of the box, unfortunately. I mean, you can do certain stuff, but you know that after, you know, years of using Windows that you just have to wait, you know, before you're going to settle into the performance of the laptop. But either way, a bunch of updates did fix it, did fix that obnoxiously loud fan. So uh, as far as the the way that it that it, you know, clearly it had been optimized through software and these updates had helped that. So, yeah, whoo, you know, (laughs) back to a much better, less erratic sort of pattern with the fan uh, as far as, you know, the processor and throttling and all that stuff. Uh, But either way, on to the next thing, which is the keyboard. And the keyboard has been probably one of the biggest (laughs) adjustments for for me. You know, it's almost I swear the first day, the first time that I even tried to use it, my hands felt like they were just cramping up or something, you know, because you get so used to one keyboard on a laptop and your hands sit a certain way and and it, everything kind of changes. The keys are very are are much different. Um, but you know, and so, but I am getting much better on this on the X One Extreme since I've had it uh, over the last week or so. So I've you know I've been able to figure things out and, and get you know the right feel for it. But either way, the the keys have a they require a higher level of pressure. Uh, to press them compared to the IdeaPad 510, my the previous laptop. So that is probably one of the bigger adjustments because it's not as soft. It's a very, I don't want to say rigid keyboard, but I think it needs a little bit of breaking in. Uh, and I think I'm starting to a little bit, but it, you know, sometimes the, I'll miss a key, you know, here or there just because I didn't press it hard enough. Uh, because uh, like I said, on my 510, it's just, they're super soft on the 510 and they're just super easy to type on. So uh, not as solid, you know, of a keyboard on the 510, but the, the and the X1 Extreme keyboard is very, very solid, very rigid. So I think, I, you know, I'll get used to it. Just the keyboard is one of those things that I will get used to over time. You know, it's just going to take a little bit of time. But uh, yeah, my 510, I actually had a, the numpad, uh, the number pad off to the right on the keyboard. And there is no number pad on the X1 Extreme. So that's, uh, you know, obviously that's one of the things I took into consideration when I got it was that there is no number pad. So not the biggest deal in the world. I don't, you know, I'm not a, an accountant or, you know, I don't do a ton of math on there. So and the previous Lenovo laptop that I had before the 510 didn't have a number pad either. So one of those again i just got used to it you know there's uh one thing i do miss is using sort of the alt codes on windows to get special characters when you know typing or laying out text which i do quite a bit in being a graphic designer so uh but there's ways around that actually and actually the way around it is that you can use the windows 10 keyboard on screen keyboard to press and hold on the individual characters to bring up all the accented characters so obviously i'm doing the chicago latino film festival so there's a lot of accented i's and e's and a's and and stuff like that so uh yeah just pull up the keyboard on screen and long press you know an e to get the accented e so not a huge deal not as easy as an alt code but it's not like i'm doing it 
a whole ton. But either way, no more number pad. <laughs> so something to get used to, um, you know, kind of changes the way I rest my hands because usually I'm off to the left a little bit with the regular keyboard on the 510. So and everything's centered on the X1 Extreme. So Lenovo does offer some keyboard customizations, thank, <laughs> thank goodness, for the, the X1 Extreme keyboard. Uh, the biggest one is that you can swap the function and control keys in the lower left of the keyboard, which is something that I did because one of the weird decisions that Lenovo made with this keyboard is that they put the function key, which you know allows you to get to other two-step things on the keyboard, they put that in the far left uh, bottom corner where uh, my 510 and most other laptops, the control key is there. So it's a, uh, you have to move one key over to get that control key with your pinky, <laughs> which was not, it was not working very well, but I did, uh, you know, I found in the Lenovo settings in that same Lenovo app that keeps everything up to date, they have the keyboard options and I immediately <laughs> turned that on <laughs> so I could, you know, no look the control key because it, you know, didn't make sense to me to have the function key over there. I guess if you're a big function key user, that might be good to you. But uh, honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't know <laughs> if there's a lot of those people out there, but obviously there is in, in some respect because Lenovo decided to put that function key where the control key usually is. But either way, I got those swapped out in the software. So I don't even really look or think about those too much. But you can also assign a custom key, a custom function key, because by default, on the F1 through F12 keys, the function, the second function keys are actually the main keys. So you have to hold the function button in order to do an F1 press or two or three or whatever. So there on F12, there's actually an open spot where you can assign, you can launch one or more applications at once. Basically, it gives you these customization options. And so one of them, like I was saying, is you can set that key to launch one or more applications at one time. I set up Notepad. I used to have Notepad <laughs> on a hotkey, a Windows hotkey, the Control-Alt-N. I used to set that up to open Notepad, uh, which was quick. But this is, you know, once I get used to reaching my hand up to the F12 key will be, is even quicker to pop open Notepad, you know, to usually I use Notepad to deformat a lot of text and stuff like that or open a CSV file in the in the raw so either way that's one of the options the one of the other options is to open a website with you can set that key to open a website you can set the key to invoke a key sequence so if there's something that you do a lot like uh and actually maybe i'll try this in photoshop when i have to export an image for web there is like a whole save for web window and functionality in Photoshop that lets you, you know, kind of optimize everything. And the it's one of the more <laughs> it's one of the the crazier amount of key presses to to open that key, keyboard shortcuts. It's control alt shift s. So there's four key press in order to open that save for web in Photoshop. So I guess technically I could set this F12 custom function key to be that, you know, instead of one, instead of having to press four buttons, although it'd feel pretty powerful when I do all that, that, that key press, but either way, the, that's one of the options in them. One of the last options is that you can set that custom F12 function key to enter tech, enter specifically 
assigned or specifically saved text into a text field. So basically, if there's something and they kind of made the suggestion, like if you use an address a lot or you're constantly typing the same thing, I guess you could do this temporarily, too. But uh, if you're constantly using a, a chunk of text, you can set that key to just basically paste it into any sort of text field or text editor that you're using. So and they, they kind of go out of their way to say, don't please don't put a password in there. <laughs> please don't make that key a password. That's not a not a good idea. But either way, it's kind of an interesting idea to have that as an option. But like I said, I use it to launch Notepad and. Uh, you can, like I said, you can set up more than one application to launch at a time. And I'm trying to think in my workflow if that's something that I do a lot. And no, it's not, you know, not really. <laughs> I, I actually set up Notepad and the calculator to open at one time, but uh, I don't use the calculator as much. So it's just on Notepad, which is, it's convenient. It is. It's nice that they have that option in the keyboard options. So also on the keyboard and kind of the iconic thing on these the ThinkPad is the track point pointer, which is the little red knob in the keyboard right above the B button. So it is just kind of another way to control the cursor on the screen. Uh, if you haven't seen that before, just maybe take a look on YouTube for a video of that. But uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to use that. I've kind of played with it. I think that's um, a lot of people's experiences. They just kind of play with it. But uh, it those uh, those mouse buttons are at the top of the trackpad you know, are meant to be used with that track point pointer. So uh, we'll see. Maybe in the future I'll use it. But for now, it's, you know, it's not in my in my uh, my workflow, to, to say the least. But I, I use a, a mouse, you know, so I just I, I don't use the track point or the trackpad very much. But with that said, the trackpad is pretty good. Uh, there are you can there are clicks in the the trackpad on the lower left and lower right, which I was surprised to find uh, because the button there's already buttons above the trackpad to use with the track point. So I figured why would they you know <laughs> add clicking to that to the bottom of the the trackpad? But they did, so that's a nice you know it's just everything kind of makes sense you know with the trackpad and the keyboard and stuff like that. So yeah, it's been really been good so far uh the trackpad and no complaints you know but like i said i use a mouse so but let's get into the display a little bit i did have a little bit of troubleshooting with this uh this display so the display like i mentioned last week is a 15.6 inch hdr 4k display which is a 3840 by 2160 display so as far as resolution is a touch screen and it is ips but either way, when I first started using the computer, uh, it, I did. It was clear, very, very different from my IdeaPad 510. Uh, I I noticed a big difference, you know, and and obviously how sharp it is, how sharp everything is on there as far as text and and stuff like that. You know, everything is very, very nice. There's you know, narrow a pixel to be found. <laughs> So very, very nice. And oh, and one of the other good things about the display, and I kind of mentioned being a little bit concerned about this was that it's a, you know, it's a touchscreen. So it is a bit of glossy. Now they do tout an anti glare type of gloss on there. And I can, I can say that the gloss, I barely notice it. I, the Lenovo laptop, I had two laptops ago, 
the U430 Touch was a, a touch screen display also that was very glossy and it was very reflective and just, you know, it was it, you couldn't set it near a window, you know, with the window facing the screen just uh, because you couldn't couldn't uh, see anything because it's just all reflection. You're constantly battling a reflection, whether it be your own or some light source somewhere. But this is I barely even notice it. Uh, it's you can tell that the screen is glossy, but there's not much glare going on from much of anything. And it also helps that it gets really bright uh, comparatively to other computers that I've had. I think it's rated or at least they say the specs are at 400 nits and it is plenty bright to shine through that glossy display and make it even less noticeable <laughs> that it is glossy. But yeah, super sharp looking display. Uh, the one problem and the troubleshooting that I kind of had to go through with it was that all of the color on it was way too warm. It was far too saturated. And, you know, it's very noticeable for me because I, you know, <laughs> it's important that I that I have sort of a color accurate display and, and they tout that in this display. But out of the box, it, they, it's clear they they made a lot of tweaks you know, to it. And so this is not good for when I'm doing photo editing or pretty much most of the work that I'm doing because I need it to look like it's going to look on everybody else's display. You know, I'm not looking for something that's super saturated and AMOLED-y, you know. So the reds, the red specifically, all the, the reds on the screen were practically like neon red. Every single red <laughs> was, was far too bright and far too neon looking. So I tried all the profiles and stuff in the Windows color management tool because that's kind of what I've used in the past. And so I tried running that uh, the display calibration, but it wouldn't stick. So all of the color profiles that I was doing through that Windows color management tool were not sticking. So every time I would the, put the computer to sleep and open it up on this X1 Extreme, it would revert back to the oversaturated and you know not good for me display so i finally figured out that i needed to change the color settings in the intel graphics control panel which is you know the computer has a a an nvidia graphics card but also an integrated intel graphics you know card as well so yeah I, you know i ultimately figured out that i needed to change it in that intel graphics control panel but here's the weird thing and i probably would have tried it a lot sooner is usually you can find that these days when you right click on the desktop there's usually a an intel graphics shortcut link when you right click on the desktop and the context menu and on this x1 extreme the nvidia option is there but there's no intel option <laughs> so i think you know i assume that there wasn't anything on the PC with Intel's settings, but uh, I did find that the app was installed on there when I, you know, did a simple search through all the programs. So I opened that and adjusted the display to get it to look a lot more natural. So there's a like a color gamut control, and it was it was put all the way up to like <laughs> oversaturated, or but either way, I dragged it all the way down to have more natural color. So problem solved everything was saved and it's you know stuck ever since and I've just made adjust adjustments to everything and even the I even had to go in and in that Intel graphics control panel and 
and adjust the red specifically a little bit. It's just still it was still just a little bit warm, even though I put it down to all the way down to, you know, natural colors or whatever. But yeah, so that was just an issue with the display it was kind of <laughs> it was disappointing out of the box that it wasn't exactly very, you know, great out of the box. But either way, it's uh, I got that solved. So that was really my overall first impressions with it. And since then, I've just gotten everything set up. You know, I went through Ninite and got all of the basic apps installed. I got all my work stuff installed. I got all my Adobe suite installed, uh, the, the creative cloud, I guess you would call it now. But that yeah, I got all that set up and everything is connected. Basically, it's, you know, my, my my old laptop is <laughs> no longer needed right at the moment. You know, obviously, I'm going to keep it around just in case for a little while to see if, you know, there's something that I need to to bring over. But either way, so that was, yeah, my first impressions with it. And overall, very good. So uh, we'll see once I started getting into heavy stuff. You know, I've done a little bit of video stuff on it so far and hasn't been. <laughs> I'll get back to this, but it hasn't been as substantial as I was hoping, but we'll I'll, I'll try and report back. You know, I'm going to give it a little bit of time before I dive into the performance of the PC. But either way, I also got my Lenovo wireless mouse this week, which I mentioned earlier. Of course, uh, Frank was suggesting another one, uh, another wireless mouse. But I got it's a basic Lenovo wireless. It's a laser mouse. And I think I mentioned that it has uh, two year battery life as long as you remember to turn it off. So uh, but I've been very happy with it so far. It's exactly kind of what I wanted in a wireless mouse, you know, something that I don't have to worry too much about. It's just a basic mouse doesn't do anything crazy. Uh, the, the scroll wheel, you can you know tilt it left and right to go back and forward, like on the web or in the file explorer or something like that, which is really nice. So. It's just been overall very good mouse. It's like having a wired mouse. It does have the the little USB dongle that I use with it. And yeah, uh, overall very happy with it. But yeah, so I've got the whole setup with my computer and my mouse right now. And there are two USB-C ports on it. There's two USB 3.0, USB-A 3.0 ports on one side. And then on the other side, there's two usb C ports and I forget the 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 rating on those but I know you can use like a display through them that's you know whatever the difference in uh, USB-C power modes are or whatever but either way uh, I did order a couple of adapters for USB-A to USB-C because I'm probably going to need <laughs> need those uh, in order to plug in certain things and have everything plugged in at the same time so because uh, I'm still kind of sorting out my external hard drive situation as well but either way that's just kind of my uh, first impressions and setup of my my new PC I'll of course report back on more once I have more to, to talk about if I you know can remember to write everything down as I encounter it you know because I use it all day so it's, you know I can't remember everything but I just I did make sure to sort of document my first impressions with it overall very impressed with it uh, you know obviously it's an adjustment in a, in a lot of ways but I think overall it's going to work out for the foreseeable future 
Okay, so uh, that was the biggest chunk of the show, but I also just wanted to quickly mention that I did get a new office chair. Uh, I actually posted on, I think, whatever works the Google Plus community, uh, RIP, uh, not too long ago, a few months ago, about potentially getting a new chair if anybody had suggestions. Uh, I never really did anything. And then I decided to, uh, the chair I have is very bad. <laughs> it's not like the worst constructed chair. It's just very bad for my back. If there's no support. So I decided to get a chair from Staples here in the U.S. called the Staples Carter Mesh Office Chair. And I'll put a link to this in the show notes. Uh, basically, I needed some lumbar support. Uh, my legs were hurting. My back was hurting. Uh, it's just that overall bad chair that I had, <laughs> which I think I also got at Staples. But it was also because I cheaped out and got a, you know, a $50 desk chair, which, you know, I, it wasn't rated for sitting for very long. So this this uh, Carter mesh chair, at least on the website, says it's rated for five to 10 hours of sitting. So <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been really good so far. And I've had it a couple days now. And I was badly needed because I've been having to sit more. Now I do have a sitting and standing situation where I can sit or stand and work. But sometimes it's just easier to sit, uh, especially during like video editing and, and coding and stuff like that. It's easier to sit. And so this chair was badly needed to, to keep my back <laughs> in its place, you know, to make sure that it didn't, you know, my disc just didn't fall out all over the floor. But either way, I'll put a link to that, the chair that I got in the show notes so you can take a look. There's a few adjustment thing handles on the bottom of the chair, one for like the tilt and and, you know, for the tilt of the, the seat, the tilt of the back and then obviously up and down, you know, so. Overall, I've been very happy with it, but it's only been a couple days, so we'll see in the future. Hopefully, I can report back on that. Okay, so the last little note here is uh, how about those Samsung phones? <laughs> Obviously, Samsung had its big event this week where they announced the S10 line and also the foldable phone. I don't have much to say about those. I kind of watch the, again, I think I mentioned this in the past, I watched the Verge's you know, 10 minute wrap up of the whole event and got the general idea of everything that came out. Uh, not uh, super excited about any of those things. <laughs> Again, I'm trying to scale back on my on my uh, cell phone use in general, let alone buying another phone. So and obviously those ones are very expensive and will be uh, especially that foldable one, which is kind of a niche phone. So there's, you know, I don't want to say a good reason why it's more expensive, but it uh, looks interesting. I think that idea is going to be kind of hashed out over the next few years into something that could be really useful. So, yeah, uh, and I'm also looking forward to PSC uh, Phone Show Chat this weekend, the podcast, because Steve Litchfield had, you know, he was at the, the Samsung event in London to have hands on with those. So I'm curious to hear what he has to say about all of them. And I know he's a big uh, Galaxy S fan. I think he had the S9 Plus for a while and he had the Note 9 for recently. And uh, obviously he cycles through a lot of phones because he reviews them. So, uh, but he seemed to have a, a nice uh, rapport with the <laughs> with the Galaxy S series as of late. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that this weekend. All right, so let's wrap things up. I think I actually made my time this week. <laughs> I was, I always get worried at the beginning of some of these that I'm not going to make it to the, you know, the 45-ish mark. But either way, we did. So um, 
Thank you for tuning in to episode 57 of the podcast. Uh, not coming up on any any sort of benchmark episodes anytime soon. So uh, no, no cause for celebration other than the fact that I haven't missed a single episode <laughs> since I started. Uh, so we'll celebrate every time. We'll celebrate that every time. So uh, yeah, pour yourself a glass of champagne and, and say, hey, here's to another consecutive week <laughs> of the Pixel Swim podcast. Anyway, uh, thanks again for tuning in. Visit pixelswim.com for all of the show notes and social links if you want to leave feedback there or get in touch. It's always appreciated. So thank you for tuning in and have a great afternoon or evening or morning or night or noon or one o'clock or two o'clock or three o'clock or etc. or whatever time it is when you're listening to this. So thanks again and Godspeed. speed.